breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio or back via the pod on HighlandRadio.com, iTunes or Spotify. My guest this evening, Donegal Lady Star Katie Hearn is on the line to discuss her work with All-Ireland Club Champions Kilku and of course Donegal's victory over Westmeath in Division 1A of the league. Irish news journalist Brendan Crossan will be on the line to round up all the action across Ulster and beyond. But first, I'm delighted to see the man that was down on the mic yesterday and Sonny Killarney is joining us, the one and only Donegal new star, Ryan Ferry. Ryan, how are you? I'm good, Brendan, and yourself. How are things? Did you warm did you warm up again after that trip? Hey? It was a it wasn't it wasn't a day for the faint hearted. No, it definitely wasn't. I tell you, I was I was glad to get home last night now the the weather conditions on the the road weren't too weren't too nice though, so we're glad to get back up to the sanctuary of Donegal and back home, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, Ryan, we were all cosy. Listen, I know a few hardcore fans did brave the brave the trip down there to Kerry, but we, we were all cosied up and uh, conditions tough there yesterday. There, there was a real mood, I suppose, Ryan, looking at the the squad going down and the the, the the depleted numbers in the squad. And plus, it's Killarney. I mean, very few teams go there, particularly ourselves, to get it. Do you ever get a victory? I know you mentioned to, to Martin McHugh the last time it was it was going way back into his playing days at Donegal. Ever come out there with a victory? So it was more a case of maybe just seeing how certain players developed into the game. A few lads was back and and maybe passages in play rather than maybe look at the result. Yeah, I, I think so, Brendan. It, it it was almost as if it was kind of considered a free hit for Donegal, where you know they were trying to get men back on the pitch that hadn't played, and maybe there were. Other players that were left out. Now I don't know if they could have played or not, or if they were just, you know, you know, making sure that they were taking no risks, or, or, or what was the case there. But there definitely, definitely was a depleted look to Donegal. Um, as you said, you know, Donegal's record not very good down there. No, there were plenty of Donegal fans down. We were talking to them on, on Saturday and, and and in the morning before the match, and you know, people weren't overly optimistic. If we're being honest, and knew it was going to be a tough task against. A Kerry team who, who are, you know, have had a, a steady looking, familiar look to them all year so far. Jack O'Connor is, is looking for, you know, he's, he's not doing a huge amount of experimentation. So, you know, it, it was always going to be a tough, a tough task for Donegal. And, um, you know, the, there was that sense, you know, and even some of the young players that were, were kind of put in there and, and thrown in at the deep end and maybe just left to see if they could swim in there, you know. So it, it was all, it was always going to be tough for Donegal. Um, and I, I think probably most people, you know, most people probably thought they were going to lose. And maybe the nine point deficit at the end of the match, maybe people would have thought they would be a little bit closer than that. But it wasn't to be on a on a really, really blustery day in Killarney. Yeah, listen, right again, you know, it's so hard to evaluate with, with conditions and that. But listen, the start of the game started fairly well in terms of we were keeping ball and you know, it's what you would have wanted playing against the stiff breeze that first 12 minutes or so. We were coping well. It was a couple of points each and you were thinking, is there, is there a chink of light here? But then, as I say, Kerry pushed up and put a man mark in Ryan McEwen, I think, kind of kicked in the gear. Um, the Kerry we would expect. Were you surprised by their start or, or was it that we started well ourselves? No, I, I was really surprised with Kerry's start. I suppose we were you know, watching Mayo against Dublin the previous evening and you've seen the pressure that the, the Mayo forwards put on Dublin, like, you know, really high up the field. And I was expecting Kerry to do something very similar against Donegal. And they didn't really do that in the first 15 minutes. The, you know, the, they were dropped back and Donegal were able to hold the ball for two or three minutes. Um, and Donegal got a couple of scores from that. But you always figured that at some point it was going to trigger with Kerry that, you know, we need a, we need a push up here. And uh, they did do that midway through the second half. And, you know, they put Donegal under pressure and they were able to win balls back. And, you know, the key couple of points, I think the, the Dan O'Donoghue point was a big one, their fifth their fifth score. And they got another two points quickly after that. And all of a sudden, you know, the game had gone from tight to Kerry having a four or five point lead. And you're looking into those last maybe 10 minutes of the, of the first half and you're just hoping that Donegal could keep it tight and make sure that the deficit wasn't, wasn't too bad, and even that, you know, there were there were six points down coming up towards the halftime whistle. Then they give away a poor point. You know, they they, they played the hard possession, they played it back, and they went almost back to their own goal line, and they lost the ball. And Killian Spillane got a, a handy point, and 
all of a sudden it's it's nine nine points to two and you know it was a long way back for, for Donegal at that stage, you know, even with the, the breeze in the second half and I'm sure they'll be very disappointed with how they played in, in the second half and, and Declan Boner said that after the match, you know, and you know, I think what was it, five points they got in the second half with the breeze and it was really a, it was a bigger breeze than that and they you know they didn't even create an, a huge amount of scoring opportunity. So I'm sure they'll be I'm sure that there probably were positives to take from the first half, or maybe disappointment with how how they handle things after the break. Yeah, and and those moments, I suppose, Ryan. If you know, you, you take the likes of Keely McGonagall, you know, Langan Murphy. You know, I know Jamie Brennan's been out this long time, but you know, those players probably would have provided a spark somewhere in there, or or a settling influence, or or an experience in there that that is particularly around the middle there that maybe would have held us in the game. So. It's probably difficult against a, a, a good carry side at home. Yeah, it definitely is. And those men can punch holes like we've seen. We've seen Michael Langan, you know, you know like a, a good under-14 run through teams sometimes and score goals. Caelan McGonagall is, is well able. He's direct. He runs forward. He charges. He, he gets frees. Michael Murphy obviously has done it for years. And, and Jimmy Brennan has that pace. And without those players, they, they were a big loss. You know, Owen Van Gallagher can break lines or McFadden Ferry can do it, Pat or Mogan, but there probably wasn't enough players out on the pitch that, you know, could really stand up a man and go by him and, and try and get Donegal up the field. And, you know, maybe that led to a lot of a lot of lateral passing that, that, that people don't like to see. And I suppose we're seeing it a lot in, 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 in all games, well, most games now at present, you know, I, I caught a little bit of Mon and Armagh and, you know, there was a lot of that too, you know, going on balls across the across the pitch. So those players that, that, that bring that 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 run those hard lines and, and are, are able to break through break through the opposition's kind of rear guard and you know push them back ten or fifteen yards. They're really, really counting on blustery days like yesterday and maybe Donegal just didn't have enough of them. Yeah, certainly Ryan, you know when you talk about all those players we were missing, I suppose you know we're trying to look at positives from this because it's a, it was a bit of doom and, doom and gloom yesterday, I think, you know, after the the scoreline and, and how that second half went. But they've Hugh McFadden back, I suppose. You know, Roy O'Donnell making his, his league debut. You know, Steve McMenamin seen game time. Oshin Gallen as well. Like, they're all big positives, I suppose. You know, those guys are just coming coming back or making debuts and that. So that that's important in terms of their, their part of the squad. And then if we can get these other players back, it'll be a very different Donegal team when all these players are fully fit. Yeah, well, that, that is, that's definitely the hope. And, you know, I, th- I think it was... It was interesting yesterday, even looking, say, at Oshin Gallen, that he came on in, in the 50th minute. And, you know, I was chatting a couple of people after the match, and they were saying, well, you know, could we have, could we have got Oshin on the pitch a wee bit earlier? You know, and maybe we'd had a better shape to our attacking game. But probably, in reality, Bren, probably Oshin was always coming on in the 50th minute, whether they were six points up or six points down. They're trying to get him, yeah. trying to get him back into the, into the swing of things and it was probably the same with Hugh McFadden like Hugh McFadden was probably always going to play a, a certain amount of the match and then was going to be be taken off like, and, you know there are those players that Donegal are trying to integrate back into the team and they want them to get fit and they want them to stay fit and that you know it, it, it is it is probably it is a concern probably that you know Donegal they have had a lot of injuries we've mentioned those four players Niall Donald has missed games Steve McMenamin's trying to get back in and then we had, I think, it were probably six players out yesterday. So, you know, you're hoping that you're trying to get everybody back fit and, you know, that gets meaningful minutes under their belt. And as you said, if Donegal can do that and can get players back on the pitch fully fit, then it'll have a very different look to it than it did yesterday. But just with those players short and others coming back and just trying to get their minutes under their belt, you know, it, it, it did, it does have a, probably a, a test and impact on the team and you know you seen that yesterday and Kerry probably had a, a much better flow to them than Donegal did Yeah and, and Brian just a, a word on, on Brendan McCall um, he had a really tough start he's Donegal um, uh, career but but he's, he's he's hung in there he's improved he's only a young man of course you know he seems to really have come in of age you know we, we, we remarked on his, his marking of Daniel Flynn in last week's encounter, Nagian used to, you know, put in a solid performance in, in a tough day. He's really grown into that number three berth. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Like I, I actually seen a, a lot of Sinals in the in the club championship last year, and I was very impressed with him. You know, and he wasn't always marking a, a county standard uh, forward, but you know, it was interesting just 
that he was playing in the full back line for St. Nulls then, you know, when he was in the last line. Because often we see this, you know, with, with defenders that when they go back to play for their clubs, they're playing at midfield or, or somewhere else, you know, because they're maybe seen to be better footballers. But, you know, Brendan McCall was playing in the full back line for his club, you know, and, and you could see that he has those good defensive instincts, I think. And, you know, he's, he's playing really well, really well. He's able to get his, He's able to get his, you know, out in front of players and he's definitely hitting harder and he's more aggressive than he was, you know. But, uh, you know, and, and I was writing this just last week in the paper too, Brendan. Perhaps, you know, we shouldn't be that surprised about it because, you know, Brendan was a, played for DCU in the Sigerson Cup. He was their captain. Like, you know, DCU have the, the pick of players all over the country, you know. So if they were rating him that highly, you know, there's there's obviously there's obviously plenty to this man. And he did have some some tough days and there might be more tough days to come down the line, but he's definitely, definitely improving a lot. And, you know, he's probably 24, 25 now, you know, he's maybe coming in towards his prime de- developing physically. And, you know, he's looking to hold on to that number three jersey now and it's going to take a good man to take it off him at this stage, you would say. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> of course, Neil McGee hasn't had the picture yet. He's still uh, working his way back and this man just seems to keep going and going right. Yeah, and, you know, like I mentioned, you know, there's six players missing yesterday, and I'm including Neil in that. You know, he hasn't played yet this year, but, you know, he's still very much part of the group. And and if Neil can get if Neil can get back to the level, like, you know, he will bring huge experience and strength to that, that back line. And I'm sure Declan Boner is very much counting him in there, you know, and, and it would be a big help if you could get the likes of, of Neil McGee back in and Steve McMenamin back fully fit. Because, you know, as we've talked about before, the more of those maybe natural defenders you have, the more it probably releases own Van Gallagher to play a wee bit fuller out the field. And, you know, he has that ability to, to punch holes in opposition teams. And maybe you don't want him always tracking after the opposition star man. So, you know, it's just getting those players back in. You know, Tony McLennan was missing yesterday as well. He's an, another defender that's had a good run of things this year. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be able to get back in and, It'll just all add to the add to the options, and that's that's what you need. Like you, you look at the other teams. You look at Kerry. You know, Kerry were missing a couple of players yesterday, but they're a really strong squad. Tyrone have a really strong squad. Mayo have a really strong squad. So, you know, Donegal are missing players at the minute, but if they can get them back, they're going to. they still be a formidable outfit. Yeah, I agree. And let's let's hope they are for for sure. Give give us a good summer as well. Right before the summer comes, we've got Tyrone up next Saturday evening. Um, how much importance you put on this, Ryan, around it being Tyrone and the fact that we had that bit of a thing over them there. They beat us last year, obviously won All-Ireland. They're, they're, they're flying, even with a depleted squad. you just seen, I suppose, that bit of a bounce off being All-Ireland champions. You know, at, at the second half, even though they're four down at halftime, I never thought that they, that they wouldn't come back. They had a few goal chances they should have taken in the first half. But, Ryan, how much is this about the two points in a home game or how much is it about us and Tyrone and possibly meeting them in the summer again and, and making sure that we can match up and beat them? Yeah, I suppose it's hard to say, Brendan, because you probably have to wait and see the team sheet. You know, if, you know, if Donegal don't have Michael Langan and Michael Murphy and, and Jamie Brennan and these boys, it's, it's going to be difficult to, to put it up to Tyrone because they, they are such a good team, you know. And, um, you know, the... It's hard to say, you know, we're, we're, it's still only round four in the league. Even if Donegal were to lose the game, you know, you still have a chance to get it back. But, you know, there, there will be a couple of players, you know, that will think back to that game against, against Tyrone last season and, you know, might think of what could have happened. And, you know, there, I, I know I was, I was sitting, I was sitting in the stands just behind him and there was a fair bit of variables coming, you know, from maybe both camps at each other last year. There's no love loss. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely, it'll be one Donegal will want to win. And the other, the other aspect of it, Brendan, I suppose, is, you know, the games in McCool Park. Donegal have a really good record in McCool Park and they don't want to lose that, particularly with an inform Armagh side coming, coming to McCool Park in April. You know, if, if Donegal can maintain that, that winning run or that unbeaten run, maybe perhaps, um, at McCool Park, you know, it'll, it'll just, you know, it'll add to what Armagh have to take on in that big game. So I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll be keen, they'll be keen to make sure that they're, that, that they, they stay unbeaten in McCool Park and they won't want Tyrone to get one over them. And then you also have the, the added thing of it that you want to stay in Division One. So 
a victory there will will leave you in a good position to do that. Yeah, a lot resting on it, uh, Ryan. You kind of hinted there; it might even be a draw. You wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I'd imagine it'll be it'll be tight and tough. Right, just a word that we 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 look like we have good talent coming through Thunder Twenties. I know our hurlers. It, it was it's a development league. They lost it down at at the weekend, but our, our footballers had a massive uh, one over uh, Derry Gary Duffy's team. Now I know it was the first game, but still positive signs there. They beat Derry by, but I think it was seventeen points in it at, at Celtic Park. Yeah, very positive. Like there's, you know, um, Derry won the All Ireland minor title. So those those boys would technically be under nineteen this year. You know, so maybe a year younger. And I seen the likes of. Big Dan Higgins, and that was was in the team sheet who who said to be a, a rising star for for Derry. So to beat them in, in in that manner, you know, was very impressive. I'm not sure if the likes of Matthew Downey and Lachlan Murray, who've probably been in about the Derry senior team, I'm not sure if they played. But the, you know, on the other hand, Donegal were without um, you know Jamie Grant and uh, Donald McGillivridge and players like that. So uh, it's definitely an, an encouraging an encouraging result for Donegal. I'm sure. You know they'll not be getting too carried away. I know they had a couple of good results in uh, challenge games the last couple of weeks as well. But championship football can be different when that when that swings around as well. But it's definitely good to see it. You know there's some some very good players in that team. You have the likes of Keelan McCaughan and uh, you know Carlos O'Reilly who've been in and about the the Donegal senior panel development squad this year. You know so there are definitely players there that that you know the senior management team are are keeping an eye on and monitoring. And uh, I know they'll be big leaders for Gary Duffy and his under twenty side over the rest of the the season. And it's a it's quite a short season, you know. They've a, a couple of development league games, and then the championship comes, you know, quick on it after that. So, you know, I'd say I'd say they'll be very happy with that start, but probably not getting too excited either. Yeah, exactly. And you just wonder with with players involved in the senior. I know there's been a lot of friction between senior managers now and under twenty managers around releasing players. Now, Ryan, it's I know that's that happened in Meath. There, uh, there was a big fall fallout by Bernard Flynn. That's why he walked away from the job. He couldn't get the players that he was after. I suppose that's a difficult one um, to get that that um, get that. I suppose uh, in, in the right way that they're they're getting their time worth playing some senior but they got to get playing with under 20s too to help them develop so it's, a, it's an important thing to, to get that all together probably yeah it is but there's there's probably there's probably not that many players really you know when you go through it uh, through it all like I suppose with the strength and conditioning of, of players now you know there's 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 not that many that are probably ready to come into you know one of the, the elite teams when they're 20 unless they're you know a really hugely talented player who's been you know signposted as as one to watch for years to come and it generally takes takes that couple of years for for players to, to make the breakthrough and we're probably seeing it with Donegal this year that you know likes of Rory O'Donnell and Shane O'Donnell yesterday getting some some minutes on the pitch but they're you know they're over over under 20 now you know and they've you know they've they're probably developing that a wee bit more now and getting a little bit older and filling out a wee bit more and things like that so you know, there are, I think there was a couple of, of Meath players yesterday or last year, you know, were very, very highly rated. And perhaps that's why there was, you know, such a, a wrestling match for for their services, you know. But I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be a huge factor for Donegal. You know, it might perhaps be more of a factor for the likes of Derry with the likes of Matthew Downey and, and, and Lachlan Murray and those players who seem to be straight into the senior team. And But I'm sure that the, the Derry under 20 camp would, would like to have them as well. Certainly, right. And, and Derry Seniors with a brilliant victory yesterday uh, in the league over Cork Hammer and Cork, and uh, they looked like they're on course to get right back up to to Division One. We could have five Ulster teams in Division One. I'm sure Brendan Crossan will have a few words to say about that. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to shoot the breeze with him after this. Now, Ryan, listen, thanks, uh, thanks so much for the for the commentary yesterday. Did you enjoy the commentary? For us guys doing the cool calm, that's the easy part. You know what I mean? You just uh, Add and do what you're doing, but the, the comedy stuff is it's, it's it's not an easy thing to do. You, how did you get on with it? Oh, I I enjoyed doing it. I suppose it was getting maybe the technical side of things set up. I suppose it was probably was, was worrying me more than the actual commentary. And the game gets going, and you know you just get on with it then, and you don't you don't overthink it. And but oh, I enjoyed it and. You know, you did, you did, you did well, Ryan. Do you know what the thing about it, why I'm saying that is that I notice there when when the season starts, if you've been away a while, it takes you a game or two to get into it. That's why I always think it can be hard just to be thrown into one because once you get into it, then it be it becomes a lot easier. So, so fair play to you for stepping up. 
Ah, yeah. Well, like, like I, I enjoy doing it, you know. I'm sure Darren Maloney and these boys won't be losing too much sleep over <laughs> tonight, like, you know, but uh, no, definitely one down anyway. Thanks for rounding that up yesterday, Donegal's defeat in Killarney, and I'll speak to you as the season goes on. Yep, now we turn our attention to Donegal ladies and back-to-back victories in Division 1A away to Westmeath, and we're talking to County star Katie Hearn. Katie, how are you this evening? Uh, form's good. Brendan, how are you keeping? How could it not be, Katie? Back-to-back victories, so you're flying. Yeah, we're doing not so bad now. He's got off to a good start, so it's, it's always good to settle at the start of the year. Hi, right, Kitty. Listen, I, I suppose last week the story broke about your your um, input into Kilku and their All Ireland success. I want to talk a wee bit about that to you later on, but just first of all, going back to those two league victories, um, Westmeath, of course, uh, junior intermediate winners in, in twenty twenty one, got a bit of a spank in the last day out from Mayo, but put in a bit of a defensive performance yesterday to kind of, uh, I suppose, stay in the game with you, Kitty. It was a, it was a nip and tuck game. You just pulled away from them in the last few minutes. Yeah, they did. They came back. Listen, we've always had a, a pretty tough battle with Westmead. They're a big physical team. Um, so we knew going down yesterday was probably going to be no different. Um, and I think start of the second half, they came back at us and they scored a goal and it brought it back to a point. So we were pretty lucky to, to seal it out in the end. And obviously the conditions weren't too favourable for any team. Um, it was a, a tough enough day. I know a lot of games were cancelled, but... We held our composure and we sealed the game out so we got the points on the board, which is good because I think that should see us safe for a semi-final spot, um, hopefully. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, talking to Greg earlier, you know, talking about the likes of Donegal, Don- Donegal men's games as well. The conditions, Katie, I suppose we could see that yesterday in terms of what was happening down in Killarney. So I'd say the Donegal men being under strength, etc. The conditions, of course, make such a lottery of it. What, what, what was it like in the ground you were playing on? Well, our game was actually on 3G, which obviously isn't ideal playing on 3G, but given the conditions, probably made it a wee bit better. Um, but the wind was just all over the place altogether. There's a video there today of um, the goal post at the stage yesterday, and you could have gained an extra three metres each side for shooting. <laughs> Something was going wide, could, could slip over uh, the bar. Exactly, <laughs> you could have got pretty lucky. Um, it was, oh, it was, there was sleet at one stage, and the sun kind of came out of the bit, and, but the wind was just going all over the place. You couldn't even tell what direction. Um, so it was tough enough to play in, and obviously you need to be you need to be that wee bit more cautious. But obviously it's the same for both teams, so we, we both had to endure the same conditions and grind it out. Yeah, you had a couple of points yourself. Did the, did the one pull it in for you, or was was it going over the bar regardless? Ah, they, they were going over anyway, <laughs> over the black spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, buddy. Okay, I was just looking at that uh, in terms of, I mean, Mayo, as I say, seven twenty three to one twelve. It's a massive scoreline at Westmeath. Shipped the last day, and, and looking into it, only six players from from that intermediate All Ireland one of twenty twenty one. I was just thinking about ourselves. Um, sometimes there can be a huge turnover in the ladies' game, but but we we've probably been lucky enough with with that Donegal this last number of years. The core of the team has been there. Yeah, um, I think even with the Westmeath girls, there was a lot of them kind of it was kind of one more year thing, and I suppose that's been the same with a lot of us Donegal girls as well. We've been saying it for a couple <laughs> of years now, but we're we're yeah. hanging tight. Um, so it's been good. Like we, I think we know if a core group of us leave together, um, things aren't going to look too good in the coming year. So we we've all decided to to buy in again for another year, and I think we we know ourselves the potential that's there, and we we know how close we've got and and how close we are so I think everyone's kind of given up their time again to, to give it one last push and it's, it's good that we have everyone there because there's there's so many years where we're always missing one or two and we've never had that chance to, to really go at it and we've always got so close so hopefully um, later down the year now we can pull everything together. Mm. And can you tell me that that bit of experience as you say Westmead just before that last water break second half water break had 1-1 and at that stage I suppose they're at home they must have been thinking, listen, there's a, there's a chance of a victory here. Is that kind of experience that you maybe had over them, was that enough for you to kind of see out the game? Is that important? Yeah, I think we held the ball really well after that. We didn't um, lose any kind of composure at all, which is probably something we've lacked in the past. Um, and we, we we were pretty steady in the in the last 10 minutes, and that's when we got our last couple of scores just by pure patience and playing the ball around because they were obviously getting everyone behind the ball. So... We were able to chip off three points in a row then at the end to to make it a worthwhile victory. So it was good that, that the girls were able to step up. And we had a lot of young girls in yesterday too. Um, a lot of young girls started that game and a lot of girls made their debut. So it was great for them as well to experience that. So credit to them. Yeah, nice one. And Katie, I'm just looking and speaking to Mo last week. Are you noticing a big change in the tactics uh, in games now around that defensive uh, formations and keep ball? Is that number one in the sport now? 
I suppose it is. I'd say the looking at the turnover rate across our games in particular anyway, it's probably something we really need to look at and obviously having that more protective approach and, and keeping the ball as something we're kinda going for. I know not people are not many people are in favour of it, um, but it's it's something we're trying anyway at the minute to see. Um our turnover rate last year was probably the reason why we didn't get over the line and it's probably the reason in the last couple of years. So trying to just have that wee bit more composure and hold the ball. You've seen me's last year, they've they might have been turned over maybe once or twice in a and a half, like so it's a huge difference and it's something that's obviously the the turning point um for the success in the ladies game anyway and it's it's something we need to work on anyway. Of course, Katie, and we'll be coming to it later, you're highly regarded in your stats. Funny, you say even turnover rate. That sounds like someone in who knows what they're, what they're thinking about the game. You don't find yourself counting stats during the game. But <laughs> I find myself counting my own. <laughs> <laughs> they're always good, I would imagine, uh, Katie. They're always good. But, Katie, I suppose aspirations for the season ahead then. Maxi, uh, it's changed his backroom team a bit. You know, you're looking, as you said, to, to, to push on the league and, and get into the championship. You're, you're confident of a good season ahead? Yeah, listen, we've been there. Um, we're, we're probably regarded as one of the top four or five teams in the country this last couple of years, but we've always fallen at the last hurdle. And I think you know, more than anyone else, we're kind of we're kind of fed up of of being talked about so early in the year of of the great potential we have, and then we always seem to let ourselves down and let everyone else down at the business end of the season. So that's something we're really hoping to nail down this year, and we've we've pretty good aspirations now come the business end of the season that we, we can get something done. Yeah, yeah. And there's a decent break now, the Mayo, uh, 6th of March. Um, Katie, is that something you would you would, you would you would rather have that game quicker? Um, well, I suppose it's not too bad for us. The girls, I've obviously been out injured for a while, so the girls have put on a pretty heavy um, pre-season, and it's nice to get the games back-to-back now, so I'd say they'll be they'll be glad of a wee week's break, but I'd say it'll, it'll be pretty tough in the training field again for them. Um but it's nice to probably have that wee layoff. We're not sure what the next game it might be on 3G as well, which obviously affects preparation. It's not ideal, obviously, but given the weather and a lot of pitches seem to be closed. So I think the girls will take the, the wee turnaround now and it'll give me a chance to get a wee bit more running on my legs and, and get back to full speed. And you think, the Katie, the 3G suits forwards more defenders? Would that be your feeling? It's a faster kind of pace you can uh, hop the ball? It's a faster cleaner? game. Uh, it's just a faster game. Um it probably is, does favour the forwards a wee bit more and there's that wee bit more space where you can play the ball that wee bit faster. Um, obviously, it's just for the older girls, it's probably, probably less ideal. I know Evelyn McGinley didn't play yesterday. She would have, have a wee bit of issue with 3G um, with her shin splints and stuff. And it's not really ideal for my back either, but we're all the ones that are pushing on. The young girls don't, don't feel that in the body. <laughs> the Warwoods, Katie, the Warwoods. Exactly. Are, there'll be a few in there. Uh, fair play, Katie, fair play. Katie, listen, as I say, last week the, the news story, I, d- I didn't know about your involvement because Kukon Leith was on, obviously I've seen in the, in the Donegal News about um, your tie-in with them. He spoke highly of you. He said it was uh, something to Richie Thornton. Um, this came about, you had done this, uh, done some of this work at college, this was something you were going to get into? Yeah, um, I did. I did a wee bit here and there a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, I was exposed to it a good bit through county and then been away in Australia, so... I had a good bit of interest in it. Um, and then I did the module through the Masters in the LYT last year with Carl Lacey, actually, was the lecture, um, and really enjoyed it. So I didn't really see myself getting into it as quick. And then the opportunity came. I obviously knew Richie from being in coaching with us, um, and he knew that I was doing the Masters. So it kind of came about by luck, um, and I obviously jumped at it, knowing the the experienced backroom team that was in place for Kilku, and obviously Mickey Moore heading the operation. And I kind of knew if of what they had done in previous years, so I knew it was a massive opportunity for me, so I jumped at it when I got the chance. Nice one. And Katie, what, what does it entail? Is it is it is it um is there a lot of equipment involved or, or what level of stats are you kinda of covering in the game? Well I was doing um I was doing everything basically for them. So it's a computer program. It depends on which one you use. I'm using Mac Sport at the minute. That's the one I did through college. So it's just a computer program, and then I set up all of the dashboards and whatever we want to look at. So you're tagging the game either live or after the game. So I would have done the live games for the league and championship, and then after the game I would do a review on each game, and then obviously opposition analysis as well. So you're looking at everything from turnovers, kickouts, kickout maps, shot maps, 
um, defensive turnovers, where on the pitch we're losing the ball, where the entry points are, everything that you could probably think of. And that's kind of down to what we were trying to play. So based on our playing style and then obviously looking at opposition, how they're playing and how they're set up. And we kind of take it from there and what we want to look at. Yeah, it's fascinating. More so many people wouldn't have a clue about that stuff, uh, um, Katie, or where it comes from, and that I, I find that so interesting. You just wonder, particularly if you look at Kilku, for example, it looks like they were so well drilled, and obviously they had all that information from you in the background. That's why nobody could beat them. They looked like a team was so hard to beat, and I guess that's what you're trying to do with the stats: cut out that maybe the basic errors and cut out where the opposition are normally strong. You're going to try and nullify that just to give your team the best opportunity to win. Yeah, that's it. And at that level, um, the margins are so small. So when you're playing at the top tier there, every aspect of coaching is probably really important. And I think video analysis has probably become a huge part of that. But my, as far as I'm concerned, like I could produce all the all the numbers and all the shot maps and anything they wanted, really. But it's, it's how that information is used then. And I think that's why it was probably so effective for Kilku with Richie and Conleith there. And the background, like they had that ability to adapt and modify the game model week on week, depending on what we found and, and what we were looking at. So the players then were, were fully bought into that process. And I think that's what, what made it so effective. Like it needs to be transferable onto the pitch. Otherwise, it's it's just numbers on a page. So I think that's why it all works so well together. Mm. I, I would know Christy O'Connor quite well. He, he was involved with the Cork Hurlers this year. He used to do the stats a lot. And then and the hurling, Katie, and he showed me one day, from the from the trailer at Crow Park, it three guys and like every touch of that slitter was marked. You know it was happening that fast, particularly in hurling. And I was sitting going, "That's that's amazing!" Like every single stat from that game was being picked up by them guys. You know it's it's amazing to think all this work is going on behind the, in the in the background. I know, and one of the boys actually said to me there one day, he was like, "Geez, I didn't realise." I just assumed the programme would have picked up if number eight got the ball, number eight got the ball. And I was like, no, that's me. <laughs> I'm the programme. <laughs> so there is a lot of work in it. Like it is, it's very time consuming, but it's, it's something that I have a massive interest in. And I suppose being so much involved in sport, um, it's enjoyable. So it doesn't really seem as much as hard work as it is, you know. And Katie, I would have known from obviously Maxie's time at St. Unions, he was big into that stuff and, and video analysis and that too. Is is there a bit of pressure from, from Donegal and your club to say, here, help us out a bit? Or <laughs> that's, no, that's to be a, fair, there yeah. hasn't been. Um, yeah. There might be now. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was kind of <laughs> kept all very under the radar, yes. so there hasn't been too much yet. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's not the kind of thing that you can just kind of dip in. It is either you're all in or not. I suppose that's the thing about it. Yeah, and like you want to be there all the time then. You know, when you're, I suppose like anybody, when you're invested in something, you're invested. You don't want to be dipping in and out. And obviously for players trying to prepare for something, it's important that you are there and you have the time to offer for it. So, I can't tell me, uh, Conley sent me a few Snapchats of, of Kilku going uh, crazy up there after they won it. You didn't head up for the celebrations? I I made my way up just for one of the days there. Um, we obviously had our game the same day as the match, so I headed up on the Sunday. Just to keep an eye on things, you know. You weren't you weren't counting any stats, then, I would say. Yeah. That would be a hard a hard room to keep keep an eye on. It looked like it was absolutely mental up there. Fair play, even uh, going up. It was. I oh, listen. It was nice, given that I didn't get to to be at the game and and see the boys. Like it was nice just to go up and see them all and congratulate them after having put in so much work. Um, and Mickey was ringing me and, and texting me, so it was it was nice to get up there and see everybody, and and they were really appreciative of everything I had done. So it was nice just to go up and spend that time with them. Then after, listen, get a phenomenal achievement, and and, and fair play to you for be, being involved in that. Hats off to you, and of course, we want to wish you all the best for for the season ahead with Donegal. We'll catch up with you as as the year goes on. Yeah, Katie Heron there. Good to catch up with her after Donegal's victory over Westmeath two eleven to two six in Division One A. And now we take a look across Ulster and beyond with the one and only Brendan Crossan of the Irish News. How are you, Brendan? The best, Brendan, yourself. You were at, the, of course, the Ulster Clash at the weekend, Armagh and, and Monaghan. You know, in conditions, I suppose, the pitch, particularly in Armagh, it's, it's a top-class surface there. So outside the wind, the pitches are pretty much holding up not bad. I know it was very wet in, in Healy Park and historically so, but... Um, there's something special about Armagh at the minute between the, I suppose, the fortunes of the team, but also the redevelopment of the ground in that there, the athletic grounds. It's it's a real um, top place for GA at the minute. Uh, it's exciting times, 
Brendan, I've, I've watched uh, I've, I've watched Kieran McGinney's team since he's been manager. Um, and we were speaking to him after the match and uh, put the question to him that this is really, you know, they're on the cusp of special times, I think, um, Armagh, with um, the fact that they've got, uh, they've definitely got a wee bit more strength and depth. Um, but as Kieran said afterwards, he said that, you know, you only have strength and depth when you're winning. Um, but but looking at his subs, looking at looking at what he has, um, I think I think they can go go places. Um, the fact that they're unbeaten, they're obviously putting a hell of a a lot into the, the division one, maybe more than than other division one teams at the minute. But um, I've been hugely impressed. I love the way they attack, um, and I think they're a wee bit more savvy. They show a wee bit more savviness even than they're defending uh, on, on Saturday night compared to. Um, when they played Mullen in the Ulster Championship, uh, that memorable match down in Uri when they conceded three or four goals in the first half. Um, so, no, all things are looking good with Armagh. I'm really impressed with them. I actually like being posted to their games because you know you're going to be entertained, you know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I was at the Throne game up there. I mean, it was championship stuff, really. The the, the crowd that was there, it was phenomenal. You you got a real sense that Armagh, as you said, was on the up. And that day, like in the first half, maybe Throne weren't exactly on it, but the actual counter-attack play of Armagh was, was as good as I've seen in terms of rigid defence, breaking with pace. Yeah. You know, they mixed the, the short passing and the, the off-the-shoulder game with diagonal balls when they could. And they really yeah. had a great, great mix of a team. And there's a real... Spirit coming back. I suppose they were in the doldrums for a while there. They, it looked a few times, you say, looking at McGinney's tenure there, that they were about to come back and they would take a big hit. And I think Brendan probably without McGinney's, I suppose, reputation and respect they had, there might have been a few more people calling for his head, but he, he was probably given that wee bit of extra time, which just shows you, you know, you don't see that a lot now. It's like three years, kind of two, three years, four years max, uh, managers behind. But but they stuck with McGinney and they certainly look like they've built, as you said, what seems to be a squad now capable of not just punching holes but defending as well. And there's certainly a danger coming into this championship. Totally, totally are, totally are. And the fact that I don't know what you think, Brendan, about um, like Ryan O'Neill. You know, he started brilliantly um, these matches, and even last year, the performance he gave against Monaghan in the Ulster semi final was was up there with anything that I've seen. He was absolutely. Unbelievable, um, and you know people maybe maybe people were guilty of it in the media, Brent. Maybe hyping these guys up, you know, uh, maybe too much or whatever. But I just I just feel that uh, Ryan O'Neill is um, is the real deal. He's uh, he gives he gives a clarity a clarity to their attack. He um, he's one of those guys that you know maybe in the past uh, Armagh have you know have have missed a couple of chances. You know, the whole confidence was just ebbed from them. Whereas Ryan O'Neill is one of those type of players, special type of player where if he misses a couple of chances, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if he misses. He'll he'll still he'll still go for the next one. And um I just think that he, he he's given them so much. He's just like a shot in the arm to them, you know. Yeah. Funny you I've noticed that demeanor with the top players. Now obviously there's a there's a, a lot of work in the in the mental capacity of players. I would always look at the likes of Dean Rock, you know, he he kicks a ball wide, he runs out, he's shouting, mark players, mark players, he kicks it over the bar, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, either or, which which is the way to be, you know. Back back from early, if you missed a couple of chances, you can feel the heat coming on you. But obviously, that's bad for you in terms of your performance. So this performance coaching is taking all that heat off, guys. If they say here, just you, it's in you. Keep going because if you if you interrupt that, you know you're going to take away from. So so we we, we probably shouldn't underestimate the amount of working on the background psychologically to make sure that these guys are at their peak. Yeah, and there's like he's real O'Neill. He's not not on his own. I I, I watched Clan Aaron uh, when they're when the championship this year, and you know Connor Turbot came on and scored a goal. And uh, another player to keep an eye out for, Brendan, um, is is Tiernan Kelly, TJ Kelly. Um, he he, I think he's he's as good as what you'll see. Now he's only in his second year with Armagh, but there's just all of a sudden it's like you know you're you're waiting on a bus and two come along at once or three come along at once. Now for Armagh with the likes of uh, Kelly, you've got Ryan O'Neill, Ashin O'Neill as well. He's 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 an exceptional talent as well, and uh, Jason Duffy there. So they've got all of a sudden Armagh have just got this this group, this clutch of and Rui Grugan. Obviously, you can't forget Rui Grugan. He's become a leader of the of, of that uh, of that uh, team. They've just become all of a sudden they've got a group of 
uh, really high quality forwards. And you know yourself, you know, you can have all the all the, the work rate and the worker bees and all the rest, but you need that marquee. You need those finishers. And I think Arma have finally found a couple. Yeah, and listen, I suppose it was tough on Jamie Clark. He he was playing probably at the time that the back of the fence really came on, but very different player. He would have been the kind of goes you guy, but he's not like Rian because Rian has physically got something very different and plays balls. He's a real leader, target man. He can set up play, he can do everything. So there's no way of actually tying him down. That said, though, I must say in the, in, in the second half against uh, Hamsey, Hamsey kind of put the put the clampers on him uh, in that uh, second half against own. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, like he's going to have like he, he didn't have one of his best games. He, he was actually he came off injured early. Uh, against Monaghan and uh, there's a good maybe 30 minutes or so by the time he came back on um, he, ha- he hadn't gotten one of his best games um, and obviously then uh, the penalty the whole talk about the penalty was it over the line of course it was over the line um, so um, and I, I uh, Brennan um, what did you think in real time did you think it was a goal to be honest where we were sitting I, I would I prefer to sit out and the overspill the call at Brenton where you're not in the in the actual press box because I like to be out the uh, so you get a, fe- a better feel for for the game, the, the atmosphere, and all the rest of it. Um, from where I was sitting, and it's a distance away, it's one of those one of those penalties that I actually thought it was over the line, um, the angle the ball bounced out at. Um, but it's easier not to give those, isn't it? Yeah, it's easier not to give those. Uh, but I, I still think Barry, Barry Cassidy had a tough job. Thought he had a good game, generally speaking. But when you have your umpires, I think a linesman was was there as well, keeping an eye on the penalty and, and they're after you. I just should not get those decisions wrong. I know it's difficult, but I just think that, you know, you have to get those decisions right. And uh, it was almost very costly for Arma, obviously. Now they scored, they got a, they got a goal two minutes later, which maybe which maybe took the, the you know took the heat off off uh, the officials, but they really shouldn't be missing those those, those decisions, I think. Yeah, and I'm just just looking at the goals. Just the, the old adage about goals won games. That isn't exactly true. It, it need you need to stop the opposition scoring goals. You know, I'm looking to Ulster teams, not the bigger teams. You need to at least match the opposition team in goals, or they're going to beat you. And, and if you look at the results yesterday, Tyrone scored two goals against Kildare. Kildare didn't score. That was the one of it. Mayo's two goals against Dublin. And if Armagh had got that goal and that second goal, it probably would have been the difference in them beating Monaghan. So you know that big thing about not conceding, but registering the the three pointers is is the key to a lot of these tight games. Totally, they're, they're, no, they're 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 more they're you know yourself, Ben. They're worth more than three points in those games. Um, the the the, the momentum shift uh, as well. But and saying that, I was really impressed with Monaghan as well. You know, they went down to thirteen men, obviously, and uh, that affected the they were really pressing up really well on. Uh, Blaine Hughes's uh, kickouts in the first half really boxed them in, but obviously when Conor McManus gets sent off and uh, Desi Ward got a black card, they were down to thirteen men for for ten minutes. Banty would say it was actually longer than ten minutes. He was a bit annoyed that uh, they didn't get their black card player back on after ten minutes. He he said it was eleven and a half minutes. So, um, but it was a, a still impressive with Martin. You know, the likes of Darn Hughes, McInnesby, although McInnesby came off injured. They're still a serious outfit. Um, even before McManus went off, he got four points. Um, and just the way, a lovely clash of styles, actually. Um, the way, you know, for Monaghan, I was writing in the paper today, for Monaghan, possession is 10 tenths of the law. They're brilliant at it, keeping the ball. Rory, uh, Rory Began was, was like the, the quarterback, just playing at the pivot of their, of their attack and just trying to find, trying to find wee holes, wee corridors. And it was great to watch. And then once, if they were turned over, as you talked about there, the, the blind and pace of Armagh on, on the counter-attack is, is a sight to behold. You know, it was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, as I said, fab, fab, a cold February night, games like that there, it was low scoring and all the rest, but so much to admire and uh, hats off to both sets of players. Yeah, and I suppose a big job for McGinney and his, his backroom team is marrying that I suppose that effort is put in the league to keep it for the lift for the championship, which can be a difficult juggling act. And just looking at Monaghan, he lost to Mayo the last year. You know, Donegal faced a lot of criticism for coughing up that five-point lead in opening day. But since then, Mayo have gone and beat Monaghan and Clonus, beat Dublin. 
So now you're thinking maybe at times we played really well in that game. It, it can be hard to assess these games, uh, particularly the first game, for for example, and, you know, likes of a depleted Donegal going down to, to Kerry. I, I think really it's all about, I suppose, staying in this league, um, uh, Brendan, and just maybe developing a few players, as Monaghan have done the last few years. I think Donegal haven't at the back, but this year they are. They're giving three or four players uh, steady games in that, and I think that's something very important. But what's looking like now, uh, Brendan, it's exciting times for Ulster. I think football's turned a lot from a few years come back in terms of the entertainment values you were saying yesterday. You know, these games between Monaghan and Armagh, it looks like Derry could be joining the group, and if, if Kildare and Dublin get relegated, we could have the the big five um, taking over Division One. Totally. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, Brenton, that Dublin would be in the position they're in? You know, it's uh, it's quite remarkable, isn't it, to, to see Dublin's demise? Um, you know, maybe maybe they'll get their act together. Uh, you know, later in the year, but. You know all these talks of championship formats and tweaking this and tweaking that. We we'll have to a lot of that. A lot of those conversations were prompted by the fact that Dublin were seen as a runaway train, mm-hmm. um, and you know the GA had to do something to address that runaway train by changing the format because the likes of uh, you know Leinster Championship has become a bit of a desert. But then all of a sudden, um, change of manager, uh, a raft of retirements from from Dublin, um, and. All of a sudden, you know, Leinster might become competitive again. Um, so you're right. Then, that the, as a, as a consequence of that, then you see Ulster Ulster teams pushing, pushing, and pushing. And uh, I, I think Derry are a team to watch this year, Brendan. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, um, Brendan, they should have beat Donegal last year in the championship. There, there's totally, no totally should have. I mean, totally I mean should've. You, you have you have to admit that sometimes. And Rory Gallagher after the game was interested. He wanted more. And again, go back to what we're talking about. Their goals, you know, Derry had conjured up quite a, a few goal opportunities and didn't take them. And Rory's probably looking at bigger tests down the line where you've got to be that but more clinical than playing, you know, a Cork team that's that's brittle at the minute. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a big, big fan of Rory Gallagher. I know he's, you know, he had difficult moments in his career, uh, his managerial career, but I, I definitely do think Gallagher's got Derry at a really good time, really, really good time. And he made a good point to me that, you know, when these, when these uh, club teams, high-performing club teams, Alexis Slack Neil, are doing so well and they're, they're getting, getting into the All-Ireland uh, series um, and, you know, they seem to disconnect it from their county team. But uh, he made a point to me before Christmas that he the Slack Neil boys were still attending tactical sessions um, and stuff like that there. So, you know, when they came back, they were kind of, they're already tuned in. Those boys couldn't wait to get back. Uh, and and the, the, Derry, the Derry team, and I, you know, they'll, they'll definitely be uh, pushing for promotion when you look at the, just, the, just the range of options he has, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal season coming up. Donegal playing throne, of course, the next day out. Antrim on the on the rise again under Enda. There's a lot of back to back promotions on the Ulster teams. Look like they're really on the way up uh, right across the board. Um, uh, Brendan. Yeah, um, I, I took in I took in the Antrim match uh, before I went down to the Armagh match on Saturday for my sins. Um, like Antrim are obviously I'm from Antrim. They're uh, they're a team that you know. Get your hopes up, and then you know they come crashing down the next, the next, uh, the next week. Uh, they can even do that within games. That's the type of uh, team Antrim are. They were brilliant actually against uh, Fermanagh in their first game. Really, really good. And has put a good shape on them, no doubt. And McGinley, an old sparring partner your, of, of yours, Brenton. Then the next week, you fancy them against Limerick at home up in Corrigan Park. Then the the concede a couple of early goals and they fall flat in their face. Now the they're sitting top now after beating Wicklow uh, on on Saturday afternoon there, and you know they've done enough. They missed quite a bit against Wicklow, but uh, heavy pitch, difficult conditions. They get over the line. They've got they've got a good bit of experience, and has retained a fair bit of experience in the team. Alexa McMahon, Tomas McCann, uh, and James Laverty, that Cargan contingent. Um, so, you know. You don't want to be too sort of uh, optimistic with Antrim because they do, they do, they're so inconsistent at times. But I feel as if Enda and Stevie O'Neill are definitely putting a bit of shape on on them, and you know, like they, they've get up. There's there's nothing really stopping them going for back to back promotions. 
I don't see a big difference between Division 4 and Division 3. People say, oh, it's a step up, it's a step up. I don't think it is because these teams are familiar. They play, you know, they play, they play these teams on a regular basis, whether it's Division 4, Division 3. So, you know, they do have a good chance, a good chance of, of getting up in the, in the Division 2. And that's, that's, that would be some, some success. That would be a body of work that Ender would be, would be proud of to get back to back promotions with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the big five there. You know, you think you never know what Cavan are going to bring the championship. I think Antrim could have a rattle at anybody in this championship, Ulster championship, down as well. That's the, the fascinating, fascinating nature of it. I was just looking, you like a bit of soccer too, Bren. It's as if yeah. the World Cup's on. The Ulster teams are now Europe. That's where all the, the talent and the, the technical stuff's happening. Then you've got an odd side like a, like a Brazil or an Argentina, your, your, your Dublin's or Mayo or Kerry's outside of that. It's all happening. And and the one yeah. place now in terms of the the teams that seem to be on the up, yeah, it's a, division one's like division one's a every match is a brilliant game, you know. Um, I I just thoroughly enjoyed uh, that was one of the most enjoyable games of have been at for a while actually. And you're thinking you weren't getting down any great expectation because of the conditions and the sheet and rain, the heavy pitch, and all that, but. I, I genuinely was I was full of admiration for the both sets of of, of players um, after that match, and you know you, you can't wait. You're talking about Danny Gall there, like what's happening with, with this Danny Gall team? You know you 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 don't know what teams are doing. Are they a block of training? Have they just finished a block of training there? They looked a bit flat against Kerry, albeit Kerry, you know, long journey for them and all the rest. Um, but there, there, there's just I just think Ulster football as you say generally speaking is definitely on the up and um, you know and it's, it's great to see it's great for us to talk about and write about yeah great. I, I totally agree with you um, a great for us to talk about it Brendan as well we're just keeping our head down nicely that's why we're all talking about Armagh 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 we're, <laughs> we're just going to ambush them then come come championship Brendan listen good man hey, great, great to chat and get that round up as ever uh, Brendan Cross near the Irish News Brendan I'll catch up with you as the, as the season goes on good stuff Brendan thanks so much thank you Brendan thank you Take it easy. cheers my man Yep, Brendan Cross in there. Always great to get his views there of just rounding up the games across Ulster. I want to thank him for his input this evening. I want to thank my guests, Katie Hearn of the Donegal Ladies and, of course, Ryan Ferry of the Donegal News. Roll on Donegal Throne Saturday night. I'll speak to you all on Monday. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen.